February, in the Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1663. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee, The Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1663, by Samuel Pepys. February. February 1st, Lord's Day. Up and to church where Mr. Mills, a good sermon, and so home, and had a good dinner with my wife, with which I was pleased to see it neatly done. And this troubled me to think of parting with Jane, that is come to be a very good cook. After dinner walked to my Lord Sandwich, and stayed with him in the chamber, talking almost all the afternoon, he being not yet got abroad since his weakness. Many discourses we had, but, among others, how Sir R. Bernard is turned out of his recordership of Huntingdon by the Commissioners for Regulation, etc., at which I am troubled, because he, thinking it is done by my Lord Sandwich, will act some of his revenge, it is likely, upon me in my business, so that I must cast about me to get some other counsel to rely upon. In the evening came Mr. Povey and others to see my Lord, and they gone, my Lord and I and Povey fell to the business of Tangier as to the victualling and so broke up, and I, it being a fine frost, my boy lighting me, I walked home, and after supper up to prayers, and then alone with my wife, and Jane did fall to tell her what I did expect would become of her, since, after so long being my servant, she had carried herself so as to make us be willing to put her away, and desired God to bless her, but bid her never to let me hear what became of her, for that I could never pardon ingratitude. So I to bed, my mind much troubled for the poor girl that she leaves us, and yet she not submitting herself, for some words she spoke boldly, and yet I believe innocently, and out of familiarity to her mistress about us, weeks ago. I could not recall my words that she should stay with me. This day, Creed and I, walking in Whitehall Garden, did see the king coming privately from my lady Castlemaine's, which is a poor thing for a prince to do, and I expressed my sense of it to Creed in terms which I should not have done, but that I believe he is trusty in that point. Second, up, and after paying Jane her wages, I went away, because I could hardly forbear weeping. And she cried, saying it was not her fault that she went away, and indeed it is hard to say what it is, but only her not desiring to stay that she do now go. By coach with Sir J. Minnes and Sir W. Batten to the Duke, and after discourse as usual with him in his closet, I went to my lord's, the king and duke being gone to chapel, it being holiday it being Candlemas Day, where I stayed with him a while until towards noon, there being Jonas Moore talking about some mathematical businesses. And thence I walked at noon to Mr. Povey's, where Mr. Gordon met me, and after a neat and plenteous dinner as is usual, we fell to our victualling business, till Mr. Gordon and I did almost fall out, he defending himself in the readiness of his provision, when I know that the ships everywhere stay for them. Thence Mr. Povey and I walked to Whitehall, it being a great frost still. And after a turn in the park seeing them slide, we met at the committee for Tangier, a good full committee, and agreed how to proceed in the dispatching of my Lord Rutherford, and treating about this business of Mr. Chumley and Sir J. Lawson's proposal for the mole. Thence with Mr. Coventry down to his chamber, where, among other discourse, he did tell me how he did make it not only his desire, but as his greatest pleasure, to make himself an interest by doing business truly and justly, though he thought others greater than himself, not striving to make himself friends by addresses. And by this he thinks and observes he do live as contentedly, now he finds himself secured from fear of want, and take one time with another, as void of fear or cares, or more, than they that, as his own terms were, have quicker pleasures and sharper agonies than he. Thence walking with Mr. Creed homewards, we turned into a house and drank a cup of cock ale, and so parted, and I to the temple, where at my cousin Roger's chamber I met Madame Turner, and after a little stay led her home, and there left her, she and her daughter having been at the play to-day, at the temple, it being a revelling time with them. Thence called at my brother's, who is at church, at the burial of young Cumberland, a lusty young man, so home, and there found Jane gone, for which my wife and I are very much troubled, and myself could hardly forbear shedding tears for fear the poor wench should come to any ill condition after her being so long with me. So to my office and setting papers to rights, and then home to supper and to bed. This day at my lord's I sent for Mr. Ashwell, and his wife came to me, 
and by discourse i perceive their daughter is very fit for my turn if my family may be as much for hers but i doubt it will be to her loss to come to me for so small wages but that will be considered of third to the office all the morning at noon to dinner where mr creed dined with me and mr ashwell with whom after dinner i discourse concerning his daughter coming to live with us i find that his daughter will be very fit i think as any for our turn but the conditions i know not what they will be he leaving it wholly to her which will be agreed on a while hence when my wife sees her after an hour's discourse after dinner with them i to my office again and there about business of the office till late and then home to supper and to bed fourth up early and to mr moore and thence to mr lovell about my law business and from him to paul's school it being apposition day there i heard some of their speeches and they were just as schoolboys used to be of the seven liberal sciences but i think not so good as ours were in our time away then sent to bow church to the court of archers where a judge sits and his proctors about him in their habits and their pleadings all in latin here i was sworn to give a true answer to my uncle's libels and so paid my fee for swearing and back again to paul's school and went up to see the head forms posed in latin greek and hebrew but i think they did not answer in any so well as we did only in geography they did pretty well dr wilkins and utram were examiners so down to the school where dr crumlin did me much honour by telling many what a present i had made to the school showing my stephanus in four volumes cost me four pounds ten shillings he also shewed us upon my desire an old edition of the grammar of colette's where his epistle to the children is very pretty and in rehearsing the creed it is said born of the clean virgin mary thence with mr elborough he being all of my old acquaintance that i could meet with here to a cook-shop to dinner but i found him a fool as he ever was or worse thence to my cousin roger pepys and mr phillips about my law businesses which stand very bad and so home to the office where after doing some business i went home where i found our new maid mary and that is come in jane's place fifth up and to the office where we sat all the morning and then home to dinner and found it so well done above what i did expect from my maid susan now jane is gone and that i did call her in and give her sixpence thence walked to the temple and there at my cousin roger pepys's chamber met by appointment with my uncle thomas and his son thomas and there i shewing them a true state of my uncle's estate as he has left it with the debts etc lying upon it and we did come to some quiet talk and fair offers against an agreement on both sides though i do offer quite to the losing of the profit of the whole estate for eight or ten years together yet if we can gain peace and set my mind at a little liberty i shall be glad of it i did give them a copy of this state and we are to meet to-morrow with their answer so walked home it being a very great frost still and to my office there late writing letters of office business and so home to supper and to bed sixth up into my office about business examining people what they could swear against field and the whole is that he has called us cheating rogues and cheating knaves for which we hope to be even with him thence to lincoln's inn fields and it being too soon to go to dinner i walked up and down and looked upon the outside of the new theatre now a building in covent garden which will be very fine and so to a bookseller's in the strand and there bought hudibras again it being certainly some ill-humour to be so against that which all the world cries up to be the example of wit for which i am resolved once again to read him and see whether i can find it or no so to mr povey's and there found them at dinner and dined there there being among others mr williamson latin secretary who i perceive is a pretty knowing man and a scholar but it may be he thinks himself to be too much so thence after dinner to the temple to my cousin roger pepys where met us my uncle thomas and his son and after many high demands we at last came to a kind of agreement upon very hard terms which are to be prepared in writing against tuesday next but by the way promising them to pay my cousin mary's legacies at the time of her marriage they afterwards told me that she was already married and married very well so that i must be forced to pay it in some time my cousin roger was so sensible of our coming to agreement that he could not forbear weeping and indeed though it is very hard yet i am glad to my heart that we are like to end our trouble so we parted for to-night and i to my lord sandwich and there stayed there being a committee to sit upon the contract for the mole which i dare say none of us that were there understood but yet they agreed of things as mr chumley and sir j lawson demanded who are the undertakers and so i left them to go on to agree for i understood it not 
So home, and being called by a coachman who had a fare in him, he carried me beyond the old exchange, and there set down his fare, who would not pay him what was his due, because he carried a stranger with him, and so after wrangling he was fain to be content with sixpence, and being vexed the coachman would not carry me home a great while, but set me down there for the other sixpence, but with fair words he was willing to it, and so I came home into my office, setting business in order. And so to supper and to bed, my mind being in disorder as to the greatness of this day's business that I have done, but yet glad that my trouble therein is like to be over. 7th. Up and to my office. Whither by agreement Mr. Coventry came before the time of sitting to confer about preparing an account of the extraordinary charge of the Navy since the King's coming, more than is properly to be applied and called the Navy charge. So by and by we sat, and so till noon. Then home to dinner, and in the afternoon some of us met again, upon something relating to the victualling, and thence to my writing of letters late, and making my alphabet to my new navy book very pretty. And so after writing to my father by the post about the endeavour to come to a composition with my uncle, though a very bad one, desiring him to be contented therewith, I went home to supper and to bed. 8th Lord's Day Up and it being a very great frost, I walked to Whitehall, and to my Lord Sandwich's by the fireside till chapel time, and so to chapel, where there preached little Dr. Duport of Cambridge upon Josiah's words, But I and my house, we will serve the Lord. But though a great scholar, he made the most flat, dead sermon, both for matter and manner of delivery, that ever I heard, and very long beyond his hour, which made it worse. Thence with Mr. Creed to the King's Head Ordinary, where we dined well, and after dinner Sir Thomas Willis and another stranger, and Creed and I, fell a-talking, they of the errors and corruption of the navy, and great expense thereof, not knowing who I was, which at last I did undertake to confute and disabuse them, and they took it very well, and I hope it was to good purpose, they being Parliament men. By and by to my lords, and with him a good while talking upon his want of money, and ways of his borrowing some, etc., and then by other visitants, I withdrew and away, Creed and I and Captain Ferrers to the park, and there walked finely, seeing people slide, re-talking all the while, and Captain Ferris telling me, among other court passages, how about a month ago, at a ball at court, a child was dropped by one of the ladies in dancing, but nobody knew who, it being taken up by somebody in their handkerchief. The next morning all the ladies of honour appeared early at court for their vindication, so that nobody could tell whose this mischance should be. But it seems Mrs. Wells fell sick that afternoon, and hath disappeared ever since, so that it is concluded that it was her. Another story was how my Lady Castlemaine, a few days since, had Mrs. Stewart to an entertainment, and at night began a frolic that they two must be married, and married they were, with ring and all other ceremonies of church service, and ribbons and a sack posset in bed, and flinging the stocking. But in the clothes it is said that my Lady Castlemaine, who was the bridegroom, rose, and the king came, and took her place with pretty Mrs. Stewart. This is said to be very true. Another story was how Captain Ferrers and W. Howe both have often, through my Lady Castlemaine's window, seen her go to bed, and Sir Charles Barclay in the chamber all the while with her. But the other day Captain Ferrers going to Sir Charles to excuse his not being so timely at his arms the other day, Sir Charles swearing and cursing told him before a great many other gentlemen, that he would not suffer any man of the king's guards to be absent from his lodging a night without leave. Not but that, says he, once a week or so, I know a gentleman must go. And I am not for denying it to any man. But, however, he shall be bound to ask leave to lie abroad, and to give account of his absence, that we may know what guard the king has to depend upon. The little Duke of Monmouth, it seems, is ordered to take place of all dukes, and so to follow Prince Rupert now, before the Duke of Buckingham, or any else. Whether the wind and the cold did cause it or no, I know not, but having been this day or two mightily troubled with an itching all over my body, which I took to be a louse or two that might bite me, I found this afternoon that all my body is inflamed, and my face in a sad redness and swelling and pimpled, so that I was before we had done walking not only sick, but ashamed of myself to see myself so changed in my countenance, so that after we had thus talked we parted, and I walked home with much ado, Captain Ferris with me as far as Ludgate Hill towards Mr. Moore at the wardrobe, the ways being so full of ice and water by people's trampling. At last got home and to bed presently, and had a very bad night of it, in great pain in my stomach, and in great fever. Ninth. Could not rise and go to the Duke, as I should have done with the rest, but keep my bed, and by the apothecary's advice, Mr. Battersby, 
I am to sweat soundly, and that will carry all this matter away which nature would of itself eject. But they will assist nature, it being some disorder given the blood, but by what I know not, unless it be by my late quantities of Danzig gherkins that I have eaten. In the evening came Sir J. Minnes and Sir W. Batten to see me, and Sir J. Minnes advises me to the same thing, but would not have me take anything from the apothecary but from him, his Venice treacle being better than the others, which I did consent to, and did anon take, and fell into a great sweat, and about ten or eleven o'clock came out of it and shifted myself, and slept pretty well alone, my wife lying in the red chamber above. Tenth. In the morning most of my disease, that is, itching and pimples, were gone in the morning visited by Mr. Coventry and others, and very glad I am to see that I am so much inquired after, and my sickness taken notice of as I did. I keep my bed all day, and sweat again at night, by which I expect to be very well to-morrow. This evening Sir W. Warren came himself to the door, and left a letter and box for me, and went his way. His letter mentions his giving me and my wife a pair of gloves, but opening the box we found a pair of plain white gloves for my hand, and a fair state dish of silver and cup with my arms ready cut upon them, worth, I believe, about eighteen pounds, which is a very noble present, and the best I ever had yet. So after some contentful talk with my wife, she to bed, and I to rest. Eleventh. Took a clyster in the morning, and rose in the afternoon. My wife and I dined on a pullet, and I eat heartily, having eat nothing since Sunday but water gruel and posset drink but must needs say that our new-maid Mary has played her part very well in her readiness and discretion in attending me, of which I am very glad. In the afternoon several people came to see me, my uncle Thomas, Mr. Creed, Sir J. Minnes, who has been God knows to what end mighty kind to me and careful of me in my sickness. At night my wife read Sir H. Vane's trial to me, which she began last night, and I find it a very excellent thing worth reading, and him to have been a very wise man. So to supper and to bed." twelfth up and find myself pretty well and so to the office and there all the morning rose at noon and home to dinner in my green chamber having a good fire thither there came my wife's brother and brought mary ashwell with him whom we find a very likely person to please us both for person discourse and other qualities she dined with us and after dinner went away again being agreed to come to us about three weeks or a month hence my wife and i well pleased with our choice only i pray god i may be able to maintain it then came an old man from Mr. Povey to give me some advice about his experience in the stone, which I am beholden to him for, and was well pleased with it, his chief remedy being castle soap in a posset. Then in the evening to the office, late writing letters and my journals in Saturday, and so home to supper and to bed. Thirteenth. Lay very long with my wife in bed, talking with great pleasure, and then rose. This morning Mr. Cole, our timber merchant, sent me five couple of ducks. Our maid Susan is very ill, and so the whole trouble of the house lies upon our maid Mary, who do it very contentedly and mighty well, but I am sorry she is forced to it. Dined upon one couple of ducks to-day, and after dinner my wife and I by coach to Tom's, and I to the temple did discourse with my cousin Roger Pepys about my law business, and so back again, it being a monstrous thaw after the long great frost, so that there is no passing but by coach in the streets, and hardly that. Took my wife home, and I to my office find myself pretty well but fearful of cold, and so to my office, where late upon business. Mr. Bland sitting with me, talking of my Lord Windsor's being come home from Jamaica, unlooked for, which makes us think that these young lords are not fit to do any service abroad, though it is said that he could not have his health there, but hath raised a fort of the King of Spain upon Cuba, which is considerable, or said to be so, for his honour. So home to supper and to bed. This day I bought the second part of Dr. Bates's Elenchus, which reaches to the fall of Richard, and no further, for which I am sorry. This evening my wife had a great mind to choose Valentine's against to-morrow, I Mrs. Clark or Pierce, she Mr. Hunt or Captain Ferrers, but I would not, because of getting charged both to me for mine and to them for her, which did not please her. Fourteenth. Up into my office, where we met and sate all the morning, only Mr. Coventry, which I think is the first or second time he has missed since he came to the office, was forced to be absent. So home to dinner, my wife and I upon a couple of ducks, and then by coach to the temple, where my uncle Thomas and his sons both and I did meet at my cousin Roger's, and there sign and seal to an agreement, wherein I was displeased at nothing but my cousin Roger's insisting upon my being obliged to settle upon them, as the will do, 
all my uncle's estate that he has left without power of selling any for the payment of debts but i would not yield to it without leave of selling my lord sandwich himself and my cousin thomas pepys being judges of the necessity thereof which was done one thing more that troubles me was my being forced to promise to give half of what personal estate could be found more than three hundred and seventy-two pounds which i reported to them which though i do not know it to be less than what we really have found yet he would have been glad to have been at liberty for that but at last i did agree to it under my own handwriting on the back side of the report i did make and did give them off the estate and have taken a copy of it upon the back side of one that i have all being done i took the father and his son thomas home by coach and did pay them thirty pounds the arrears of the father's annuity and with great seeming love parted and i presently to bed my head aching mightily with the hot dispute i did hold with my cousin roger and them in the business fifteenth lord's day this morning my wife did wake me being frighted with the noise i made in my sleep being a dream that one of our sea-masters did desire to see the st john's isle of my drawing which methought i showed him but methought he did handle it so hard that it put me to very horrid pain which what a strange extravagant dream it was so to sleep again and lay long in bed and then trim by the barber and so sending will to church myself stayed at home hanging up in my green chamber my picture of the sovereign and putting some things in order there so to dinner to three more ducks and two teals my wife and i then to church where a dull sermon and so home and after walking about the house a while discoursing with my wife i to my office there to set down something and to prepare businesses for to-morrow having in the morning read over my vows which through sickness i could not do the last lord's day and not through forgetfulness or negligence so that i hope it is no breach of my vow not to pay my forfeiture so home and after prayers to bed talking long with my wife and teaching her things in astronomy sixteenth up and by coach with sir w batten and sir j minnes to whitehall and after we had done our usual business with the duke to my lord sandwich and by his desire to sir w wheeler who was brought down in a sedan-chair from his chamber being lame of the gout to borrow a thousand pounds of him for my lord's occasions but he gave me a very kind denial that he could not but if anybody else would he would be bond with my lord for it so to westminster hall and there find great expectation what the parliament will do when they come two days hence to sit again in matters of religion the great question is whether the presbyters will be contented to have the papists have the same liberty of conscience with them or no or rather be denied it themselves and the papists i hear are very busy designing how to make the presbyters consent to take their liberty and to let them have the same with them which some are apt to think they will it seems a priest was taken in his vests officiating somewhere in holborn the other day and was committed by secretary morris according to law and they say the bishop of london did give him thanks for it thence to my lord crews and dined there there being much company and the above said matter is now the present public discourse thence about several businesses to mr phillips my attorney to stop all proceedings at law and so to the temple where at the solicitor general's i found mr chumley and creed reading to him the agreement for him to put into form about the contract for the mole at tangier which is done at thirteen shillings a cubical yard though upon my conscience not one of the committee besides the parties concerned do understand what they do therein whether they give too much or too little thence with mr creed to see mr moore who continues sick still within doors and here i stayed a good while after him talking of all the things either business or no that came into my mind and so home and to see sir w pen and sat and played at cards with him his daughter and mrs ruth and so to my office a while and then home and to bed seventeenth up and to my office and there we sat all the morning and at noon my wife being gone to chelsea with her brother and sister and mrs lodham to see the wassail at the school where mary ashwell is i took home mr pett and he dined with me all alone and much discourse we had upon the business of the office and so after dinner broke up and with much ado it raining hard which it has not done a great while now but only frost a great while i got a coach and so to the temple where discoursed with mr w montague about borrowing some money for my lord and so by water where i have not been a good while through cold to westminster to sir w wheeler's whom i found busy at his own house with the commissioners of sewers 
but I spoke to him about my lord's business of borrowing money, and so to my lord of Sandwich, to give him an account of all, whom I found at cards with Pickering. But he made an end soon, and so all alone he and I, after I had given him an account, he told me he had a great secret to tell me, such as no flesh knew but himself, nor aught, which was this, that yesterday morning, Esther, Mr. Edward Montague's man, did come to him from his master with some of the clerks of the exchequer, for my lord to sign to their books for the embassy money, which my lord very civilly desired not to do, till he had spoke with his master himself. In the afternoon, my lord and my lady Wright being at cards in his chamber, in comes Mr. Montague, and desiring to speak with my lord at the window in his chamber, he began to charge my lord with the greatest ingratitude in the world, that he that had received his earldom, garter, four thousand pounds per annum, and whatever he is in the world from him, should now study him all the dishonour that he could, and so fell to tell my lord that if he should speak all that he knew of him, he could do so and so. In a word, he did rip up all that could be said that was unworthy, and in the basest terms they could be spoken in, to which my lord answered with great temper, justifying himself, but endeavouring to lessen his heat, which was a strange temper in him, knowing that he did owe all he hath in the world to my lord, and that he is now all that he is by his means and favour. But my lord did forbear to increase the quarrel, knowing that it would be to no good purpose for the world to see a difference in the family, but did allay him so as that he fell to weeping. And after much talk, among other things Mr. Montague telling him that there was a fellow in the town, naming me, that had done ill offices, and that if he knew it to be so he would have him cudgelled, my lord did promise him that, if upon account he saw that there was not many tradesmen unpaid, he would sign the books. But if there was, he could not bear with taking too great a debt upon him. So this day he sent him an account, and a letter assuring him there was not above two hundred pounds unpaid, and so my lord did sign to the exchequer books. Upon the whole, I understand fully what a rogue he is, and how my lord do think and will think of him for the future, telling me that thus he has served his father, my lord Manchester, and his whole family, and now himself, and which is worst, that he hath abused, and in speeches every day do abuse, my lord Chancellor, whose favour he hath lost, and hath no friend but Sir H. Bennet, and that, I know in the rise of the friendship, only from the likeness of their pleasures and acquaintance and concernments they have in the same matters of lust and baseness, for which God forgive them. But he do flatter himself from promises of Sir H. Bennet that he shall have a pension of two thousand pounds per annum and be made an earl. My lord told me he expected a challenge from him, but told me there was no great fear of him, for there was no man lies under such an imputation as he do in the business of Mr. Chumley, who, though a simple sorry fellow, do brave him and struts before him with the Queen, to the sport and observation of the whole court. He did keep my lord at the window, thus reviling and braving him above an hour, my lady Wright being by. But my lord tells me she could not hear every word, but did well know what their discourse was. She could hear enough to know that." so that he commands me to keep it as the greatest secret in the world, and bids me beware of speaking words against Mr. Montague, for fear I should suffer by his passion thereby. After he had told me this, I took coach and home, where I found my wife come home, and in bed with her sister-in-law in the chamber with her, she not being able to stay to see the wassail being so ill, which I was sorry for. Hither we sent for her sister's vial, upon which she plays pretty well for a girl, but my expectation is much deceived in her, not only for that, but in her spirit, she being, I perceive, a very subtle, witty jade, and one that will give her husband trouble enough as little as she is, whereas I took her heretofore for a very child and a simple fool. I played also, which I have not done this long time before upon any instrument, and at last broke up and I to my office a little while, being fearful of being too much taken with music, for fear of returning to my old dotage thereon, and so neglect my business as I used to do. Then home and to bed. Coming home I brought Mr. Pickering as far as the temple, who tells me the story is very true of a child being dropped at the ball at court, and that the king had it in his closet a week after, and did dissect it, and making great sport of it, said that, in his opinion, it must have been a month and three hours old, and that, whatever others think, he hath the greatest loss, 
it being a boy, as he says, that hath lost a subject by the business. He tells me, too, that the other story of my Lady Castlemaine's and Stuart's marriage is certain, and that it was in order to the king's coming to Stuart, as is believed generally. He tells me that Sir H. Bennet is a Catholic, and how all the court almost is changed to the worse since his coming in, they being afeard of him, and that the Queen Mother's court is now the greatest of all, and that our own queen hath little or no company come to her, which I know also to be very true, and am sorry to see it. 18th. Up, leaving my wife sick as last night in bed, I to my office all the morning, casting up with Captain Cock their accounts of five hundred tons of hemp brought from Riga, and bought by him and partners upon account, wherein are many things worth my knowledge. So at noon to dinner, taking Mr. Hayter with me, because of losing them, and in the afternoon he and I alone at the office, finishing our account of the extra charge of the navy, not properly belonging to the navy, since the king's coming into Christmas last. And all extra things being abated, I find that the true charge of the navy to that time hath been after the rate of £374,743 a year. I made an end by eleven o'clock at night, and so home to bed, almost weary, this day the Parliament met again, after their long prorogation, but I know not anything what they have done, being within doors all day. 19th. Up and to my office, where abundance of business all the morning. Dined by my wife's bedside, she not being yet well. We fell out, almost, upon my discourse of delaying the having of Ashwell, where my wife believing that I have a mind to have Paul, which I have not, though I could wish she did deserve to be had. So to my office, where by and by we sat, this afternoon being the first we have met upon a great while, our times being changed because of the Parliament sitting. Being rose, I to my office till twelve at night, drawing out copies of the overcharge of the Navy, one to send to Mr. Coventry early to-morrow. So home and to bed, being weary, sleepy, and my eyes begin to fail me, looking so long by candlelight upon white paper. This day I read the King's speech to the Parliament yesterday, which is very short and not very obliging, but only telling them his desire to have a power of indulging tender consciences, not that he will yield to have any mixture in the uniformity of the Church's discipline, and says the same for the Papists, but declares against their ever being admitted to have any offices or places of trust in the Kingdom, but God knows too many have. 20. Up and by water with Commissioner Pett to Deptford, and there looked over the yard and had a call, wherein I am very highly pleased with our new manner of call-books, being my invention. Thence, thinking to have gone down to Woolwich in the Charles Pleasure Boat, but she run aground, it being almost low water, and so by oars to the town, and there dined, and then to the yard at Mr. Ackworth's, discoursing with the officers of the yard about their stores of masts, which was our chief business, and having done something therein, took boat, and to the Pleasure Boat, which was come down to fetch us back. And I could have been sick if I would, in going, the wind being very fresh, but very pleasant it was, and the first time I have sailed in any one of them. It carried us to Cuckold's Point, and so by oars to the temple, it raining hard, where Miss speaking with my cousin Roger, and so walked home into my office, there spent the night till bedtime, and so home to supper and to bed. 21st. Up and to the office, where Sir J. Minnes, most of the rest being at the Parliament House, all the morning answering petitions and other business. Towards noon there comes a man in, as if upon ordinary business, and shows me a writ from the exchequer, called a commission of rebellion, and tells me that I am his prisoner in Fields' business, which methought did strike me to the heart, to think that we could not sit in the middle of the king's business. I told him how and where we were employed, and bid him have a care, and perceiving that we were busy, he said he would, and did withdraw for an hour, in which time Sir J. Minnes took coach and to court, to see what he could do from thence. And our solicitor against Field came by chance, and told me that he would go and satisfy the fees of the court, and would end the business. So he went away about that, and I stayed in my closet, till by and by the man and four more of his fellows came to know what I would do. I told them stay till I heard from the king or my lord chief baron, to whom I had now sent. With that they consulted, and told me that if I would promise to stay in the house, they would go and refresh themselves and come again, and know what answer I had. So they away, and I home to dinner whither by chance comes Mr. Hawley, and dined with me. Before I had dined, the bailies come back again with the constable, and at the office knocked for me, but found me not there, and I hearing in what manner they were come, did forbear letting them know where I was, so they stood knocking and inquiring for me. 
By and by at my parlour window comes Sir W. Batten's Mungo to tell me that his master and lady would have me come to their house through Sir J. Minnes's lodgings, which I could not do. But, however, by ladders did get over the pale between our yards, and so to their house, where I found them, as they have reason, to be much concerned for me, my lady especially. The fellow stayed in the yard, swearing with one or two constables, and sometime we locked them into the yard, and by and by let them out again, and so kept them all the afternoon, not letting them see me, or know where I was. One time I went up to the top of Sir W. Batten's house, and out of one of their windows spoke to my wife out of one of our hours, which methought, though I did it in mirth, yet I was sad to think what a sad thing it would be for me to be really in that condition. By and by comes Sir J. Minnes, who, like himself and all that he do, tells us that he can do no good, but that my Lord Chancellor wonders that we did not cause the seamen to fall about their ears, which we wished we could have done without our being seen in it, and Captain Grove being there, he did give them some affront, and would have got some seamen to have dropped them, but he had not time nor did we think it fit to have done it, they having executed their commission. But there was occasion given that he did draw upon one of them, and he did complain that Grove had pricked him in the breast, but no hurt done. But I see that Grove would have done our business to them if we had bid him. By and by comes Mr. Clark, our solicitor, who brings us a release from our adverse attorney, we paying the fees of the commission, which comes to five marks, and pay the charges of these fellows, which are called the commissioners, but are the most rake-shame rogues that ever I saw in my life so he showed them this release and they seemed satisfied and went away with him to their attorney to be paid by him but before they went sir w batten and my lady did begin to taunt them but the rogues answered them as high as themselves and swore they would come again and called me rogue and rebel and they would bring the sheriff and untile his house before he should harbour a rebel in his house and that they would be here again shortly well at last they went away and i by advice took occasion to go abroad and walk through the street to show myself among the neighbours, that they might not think worse than the business is. Being met by Captain Taylor and Bowery, whose ship we have hired for Tangier, they walked along with me to Cornhill, talking about their business, and after some difference about their prices we agreed, and so they would have me to a tavern, and there I drank one glass of wine, and discoursed of something about freight of a ship that may bring me a little money, and so broke up, and I home to Sir W. Batten's again, where Sir J. Lawson, Captain Allen, Sprague, and several others, and all our discourse about the disgrace done to our office to be liable to this trouble, which we must get removed. Hither comes Mr. Clark by and by, and tells me that he hath paid the fees of the court for the commission. But the men are not contented with under five pounds for their charges, which he will not give them, and therefore advises me not to stir abroad till Monday, that he comes, or sends to me again, whereby I shall not be able to go to Whitehall to the Duke of York as I ought. Here I stayed vexing, and yet pleased to see everybody, man and woman, my lady and Mr. Turner especially, for me till ten at night, and so home, where my people are mightily surprised to see this business. But it troubles me not very much, it being nothing touching my particular person or estate. Being in talk to-day with Sir W. Batten, he tells me that little is done yet in the Parliament House, but only this day it was moved and ordered that all the members of the House do subscribe to the renouncing of the covenant, which is thought will try some of them. There is also a bill brought in for the wearing of nothing but cloth or stuffs of our own manufacture, and it is likely to be passed. Among other talk this evening, my lady did speak concerning Commissioner Pett's calling the present king bastard, and other high words heretofore, and Sir W. Batten did tell us that he did give the Duke of Mr. Coventry an account of that and other like matters in writing under oath, of which I was ashamed, and for which I was sorry. But I see there is an absolute hatred never to be altered there and Sir J. Minnes, the old coxcomb, has got it by the end, which troubles me for the sake of the king's service, though I do truly hate the expressions laid to him. To my office, and set down this day's journal, and so home with my mind out of order, though not very sad with it, but ashamed for myself something, and for the honour of the office much more. So home, and to bed. 22nd. Lord's Day. Lay long in bed, and went not out all day but after dinner to Sir W. Batten's and Sir W. Penn's, where discoursing much of yesterday's trouble and scandal. But that which troubled me most was Sir J. Minnes coming from court at night, and instead of bringing great comfort from thence, but I expected no better from him, he tells me that the Duke and Mr. Coventry make no great matter of it. So at night discontented to prayers and to bed. 23rd. Up by times. 
and not daring to go by land, did, Griffin going along with me for fear, slip to Whitehall by water, where to Mr. Coventry, and, as we used to do, to the Duke, the other of my fellows being come. But we said nothing of our business, the Duke being sent for to the King, that he could not stay to speak with us. This morning came my Lord Windsor to kiss the Duke's hand, being returned from Jamaica. He tells the Duke that from such a degree of latitude going thither he began to be sick, and was never well till his coming so far back again, and then presently begun to be well. He told the Duke of their taking the fort of St. Diego upon Cuba by his men. But upon the whole I believe that he did matters like a young lord, and was weary of being upon service out of his own country where he might have pleasure. For methought it was a shame to see him this very afternoon, being the first day of his coming to town, to be at a playhouse. Thence to my Lord Sandwich, who, who, though he has been abroad again two or three days, is falling ill again, and is let blood this morning, though I hope it is only a great cold that he has got. It was a great trouble to me, and I had great apprehensions of it, that my Lord desired me to go to Westminster Hall, to the Parliament House door, about business, and to Sir William Wheeler, which I told him I would do, but does not go for fear of being taken by these rogues, but was forced to go to Whitehall and take boat, and so land below the tower at the iron gate, and so the back way over Little Tower Hill, and with my cloak over my face, took one of the watermen along with me, and stayed behind a wall in the new buildings behind our garden, while he went to see whether anybody stood within the merchant's gate, under which we passed to go into our garden, and there standing but a little dirty boy before the gate, did make me quake and sweat to think he might be a tree-pan. But there was nobody, and so I got safe into the garden, and coming to open my office door, something behind it fell in the opening which made me start, so that God knows in what a sad condition I should be in, if I were truly in the condition that many a poor man is for debt, and therefore ought to bless God that I have no such real reason, and to endeavour to keep myself, by my good deportment and good husbandry, out of any such condition. At home I found Mr. Creed with my wife, and so he dined with us, I finding by a note that Mr. Clark, in my absence, hath left here, that I am free, and that he hath stopped all matters in court. I was very glad of it, and immediately had a light thought of taking pleasure to rejoice my heart, and so resolved to take my wife to a play at court to-night, and the rather because it is my birthday, being this day thirty years old, for which let me praise God. While my wife dressed herself, Creed and I walked out to see what play was acted to-day, and we find it the slighted maid. But, Lord, to see that though I did know myself to be out of danger, yet I durst not go through the street, but round by the garden into Tower Street. By and by took coach, and to the Duke's house, where we saw it well acted, though the play hath little good in it, being most pleased to see the little girl dance in boys' apparel, she having very fine legs, only bends in the hams, as I perceive all women do. The play being done, we took coach, and to court, and there got good places, and saw the wild gallant, performed by the king's house, but it was ill-acted, and the play so poor a thing as I never saw in my life, almost, and so little answering the name that from beginning to end I could not, nor can at this time, tell certainly which was the wild gallant. The king did not seem pleased at all, all the whole play, nor anybody else, though Mr. Clark, whom we met here, did commend it to us. My Lady Castlemaine was all worth seeing to-night, and little steward. Mrs. Wells to appear at court again, and looks well, so that it may be the late report of laying the dropped child to her was not true. It being done, we got a coach and got well home about twelve at night. Now, as my mind was but very ill-satisfied with these two plays themselves, so was I in the midst of them sad to think of the spending so much money and venturing upon the breach of my vow, which I found myself sorry for. I bless God, though my nature would well be contented to follow the pleasure still. But I did make payment of my forfeiture presently, though I hope to save it back again by forbearing two plays at court for this one at the theatre, or else to forbear that to the theatre which I am to have at Easter. But it be my birthday, and my day of liberty regained to me, and lastly the last play that is likely to be acted at court before Easter, because of the Lent coming in, I was the easier content to fling away so much money. So to bed. This day I was told that my Lady Castlemaine hath all the King's Christmas presents made him by the peers given to her, which is a most abominable thing, and that at the great ball she was much richer in jewels than the Queen and Duchess put both together. 24. Slept hard till eight o'clock, then waked by Mr. Clark's being come to consult me about Field's business, which we did by calling him up to my bedside, and he says we shall trounce him. 
then up and to the office and at eleven o'clock by water to westminster and to sir w wheeler's about my lord's borrowing of money that i was lately upon with him and then to my lord who continues ill but will do well i doubt not among other things he tells me that he hears the commons will not agree to the king's late declaration nor will yield that the papers have any ground given them to raise themselves up again in england which i perceive by my lord was expected at court thence home again by water presently and with a bad dinner being not looked for to the office and there we sat and then captain cock and i upon his hemp accounts till nine at night and then i not very well home to supper and to bed my late distemper of heat and itching being come upon me again so that i must think of sweating again as i did before twenty fifth up and to my office where with captain cock making an end of his last night's accounts till noon and so home to dinner my wife being come in from laying out about four pounds in provision of several things against lent in the afternoon to the temple my brothers the wardrobe to mr moore and other places called at about small businesses and so at night home to my office and then to supper and to bed the commons in parliament i hear are very high to stand to the act of uniformity and will not indulge the papists which is endeavoured by the court party nor the presbyters twenty six up and drinking a draught of wormwood wine with sir w batten at the steel-yard he and i by water to the parliament-house he went in and i walked up and down the hall all the news is the great odds yesterday in the votes between them that are for the indulgence to the papists and presbyters and those that are against it which did carry it by two hundred against thirty and pretty it is to consider how the king would appear to be a stiff protestant and son of the church and yet would appear willing to give a liberty to these people because of his promise a breeder and yet all the world do believe that the king would not have this liberty given them at all thence to my lord's who i hear has his egg again for which i am sorry and creed and i to the king's head ordinary were much good company among the rest a young gallant lately come from france who was full of his french but methought not very good but he had enough to make him think himself a wise man a great while thence by water from the new exchange home to the tower and so sat at the office and then writing letters till eleven at night trouble this evening that my wife is not come home from chelsea whither she is gone to see the play at the school where ashwell is but she came at last it seems by water and tells me she is much pleased with ashwell's acting and carriage which i am glad of so home and to supper and bed twenty seventh up into my office whither several persons came to me about office business about eleven o'clock commissioner pett and i walked to surgeon's hall we being all invited thither and promised to dine there where we were led into the theatre and by and by comes the reader dr tierne with the master and company in a very handsome manner and all being settled he begun his lecture this being the second upon the kidneys ureters etc which was very fine and his discourse being ended we walked into the hall and there being great store of company we had a fine dinner and good learned company many doctors of physic and we used with extraordinary great respect among other observables we drank the king's health out of a gilt cup given by king henry the eighth to this company with bells hanging at it which every man is to ring by shaking after he hath drunk up the whole cup there is also a very excellent piece of the king done by holbein stands up in the hall with the officers of the company kneeling to him to receive their charter after dinner dr scarborough took some of his friends and i went along with them to see the body alone which we did which was a lusty fellow a seaman that was hanged for a robbery i did touch the dead body with my bare hand it felt cold but methought it was a very unpleasant sight it seems one dillon of a great family was after much endeavours to have saved him hanged with a silken halter this sessions of his own preparing not for honour only but it seems it being soft and sleek it do slip close and kills that is strangles presently whereas a stiff one do not come so close together and so the party may live the longer before killed but all the doctors at table conclude that there is no pain at all in hanging for that it do stop the circulation of the blood and so stops all sense and motion in an instant thence we went into a private room where i perceive they prepare the bodies and there were the kidneys ureters etc upon which he read to-day and dr scarborough upon my desire and the company's did show very clearly the manner of the disease of the stone and the cutting and all other questions that i could think of how the water comes into the bladder through the three skins or coats just as poor dr jolly has heretofore told me thence with great satisfaction to me back to the company where i heard good discourse and so to the afternoon lecture upon the heart and lungs etc 
and that being done we broke up took leave and back to the office we too sir w batten who dined here also being gone before here late and to sir w batten's to speak upon some business where i found sir j minnes pretty well fuddled i thought he took me aside to tell me how being at my lord chancellor's to-day my lord told him that there was a great seal passing for sir w pen through the impossibility of the controller's duty to be performed by one man to be as it were a joint controller with him at which he is stark mad and swears he will give up his place and do rail at sir w pen the cruelest he i made shift to encourage as much as i could but it pleased me heartily to hear him rail against him so that i do see thoroughly that they are not like to be great friends for he cries out against him for his house and yard and god knows what for my part i do hope when all is done that my following my business will keep me secure against all their envies but to see how the old man do strut and swear that he understands all his duty as easily as crack a nut and easier he told my lord chancellor for his teeth are gone and that he understands it as well as any man in england and that he will never leave to record that he should be said to be unable to do his duty alone though god knows he cannot do it more than a child all this i am glad to see fall out between them and myself safe and yet i hope the king's service well done for all this for i would not that should be hindered by any of our private differences so to my office and then home to supper and to bed twenty eighth waked with great pain in my right ear which i find myself much subject to having taken cold up and to my office where we sat all the morning and i dined with sir w batten by chance being in business together about a bargain of new england masts then to the temple to meet my uncle thomas who i found there but my cousin roger not being come home i took boat and to westminster where i found him in parliament this afternoon the house have this noon been with the king to give him their reasons for refusing to grant any indulgence to presbyters or papists which he with great content and seeming pleasure took saying that he doubted not but he and they should agree in all things though there may seem a difference in judgment he having writ and declared for an indulgence and that he did believe never prince was happier in a house of commons than he was in them thence he and i to my lord sandwich who continues troubled with his cold our discourse most upon the outing of sir r bernard and my lord's being made record of huntingdon in his stead which he seems well contented with saying that it may be for his convenience to have the chief officer of the town dependent upon him which is very true thence he and i to the temple but my uncle being gone we parted and i walked home and to my office and at nine o'clock had a good supper of an ox's cheek of my wife's dressing and baking and so to my office again till past eleven at night making up my month's account and find that i am at a stay with what i was last that is six hundred and forty pounds so home and to bed coming by i put in at whitehall and at the privy seal i did see the docket by which sir w pen is made the controller's assistant as sir j minnes told me last night which i must endeavour to prevent end of february